welcome back to Blunt Instruments. I'm your host, Lorenzo, from Omega Bond Watches, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Luke Taggart, from Bond's Apartment. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad, not too bad. Hey, I want to apologize. I got uh, internet issues here. They're literally outside the window fixing something. I don't know what's going on. So I'm doing this from the old iPhone. So if it sounds like shit, it's only 45 minutes of your time, <laughs> listener. So <laughs> forgive us and it'll be fixed next week. But yeah, so what's going on, guy? How you doing? I'm good, man. Just uh, it's been a busy week, but I'm glad we got to jump back on here and record another episode. But um, let's just jump, dive right into it. I mean, speaking of podcasts, uh, David Zeritsky from the Bond Experience, he has had a podcast for a while, but now yeah. he's doing a little bit different content where he's doing short little episodes every morning of him just kind of covering various topics. And it's more of like from his insight and um, what he sees in his opinion. I think Good. it's awesome, dude. What about you? I do too. I do too. And, and the thing... The thing that I like about it is it's almost like you're having a conversation with him. You know what I mean? And yeah. what I mean by that is it's it's just him and he's getting a point across, but he's spending 15, 20 minutes on a single topic. Right. So it's kind of like there's no misinterpretation. You know, there's no there's you know, he's he's to the point, but he's really explaining what it is that he's trying to get across. And he's and he's got nothing but time and no interruptions or nothing so he's really getting the point across and it's it's just kind of like you know with the episode that he did uh this past week a couple days ago with the um budget budget bond stuff you know i know you and i have both talked about this many times on the podcast and stuff um the reason i say it is because one of the first things he says is is he hates uh like replicas or knockoffs yeah and at first I was sitting there thinking, I was like, well, what does he mean by that? And then he literally goes into and explains, he's not saying I hate things from target or Macy's. He's saying, I hate when people literally knock off something and then they're, they're ruining, you know, the reputation of a brand or stealing money from a brand, you know? So, you know what I mean? He kind of clarifies it immediately and you're kind of like, Oh, okay. So you're just learning a lot. Yeah. Know? He's really taking like oh a few different angles about it so i think the thing that i love about it the takeaway is that these brands really do rely on people wearing and using them and right. not you know there's a reason why a billy reed peacoat costs six seven hundred bucks there's mm -hmm. a reason you know yeah there's a markup in there but Again, the time it takes to go and source the material from a mill that's all done by one person, you know, or a team of people, um, that's expense. You know, you're flying to a different country. You're like seeing different, making different appointments. Cost comes with that, you know, and obviously the brand needs to be viable so that they can continue to make new clothing. You know, not every piece they make is going to be successful, mm -hmm. um, but quality is their is their game and for quality you have to go find it you know and discover new new fabric and all this other stuff so there's like a process that goes into it. i'm only scratching the surface with like you know the cost that go into making these things but i mean ultimately they need to pay their staff to continue to do this kind of work you know and right there's more time put into them so right instead of just being mass produced you know on a belt you know, yeah. with zero quality care and, you know, um, love going into the, the garment. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and like I said too, when he, when he first started touching on it with this topic in particular, right when he said that I, I personally, and I obviously you and I both know David very, very well. And I was kind of confused. I was like, wait a minute, he's got, he's got a lot of budget friendly things. And then he clarified it immediately. And I was like, okay, so this is literally like, as if I got to, I got to experience both sides of having, you know, a social media presence and a conversation. It's like you hear somebody talk about something and then it's open for interpretation and you can completely misunderstand. But because of the way he's doing it, that that aspect doesn't seem to be there at all. He just, you, it, like I said, it's, it's almost like you're having a legitimate interaction with him and he's explaining himself fully short and sweet. You're kind of really getting to know, you know, his thoughts on things and, you know, unfiltered, you know, I think it's, I think it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I agree completely. It's just, I'm glad he's doing it. There was a point in time where I was kind of considering doing something like that for myself, not quite in line with what he was doing more or less. And I had a thought about a watch or something, or just wanted to right. kind of do, did you know? And then I just never, it never really like, I don't know. There's a chance I might do it in the future, but I have so much stuff on my plate. Like, which, well, like you got a contract. Can, I have a contract. contract. We do have a contract. <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to bring out your lawyers. You know. Oh, Crockett and Jones. Yeah, can't bring them out. I, yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to disrupt the flow of things. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's hard enough just for me and you to get together to do something. So it's just right. I, 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 if I don't have time to record a YouTube video, I definitely don't have time to start a podcast up. So right. I mean, you could always do something similar though, because if you're sitting at home one night, you know, because you and I talked, you know. I called you and I spoke on the phone two days ago or something. And I, I started venting about something completely irrelevant to bond and everything and really kind of irrelevant to anything. Cause it was it's kind personal, of something that's like, yeah, it was a personal thing, but it's like three years old. And basically it was just me bitching about my perception, you know, years after something went down and um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like, I immediately was like, God, I want, I, I need like an outlet for this. And of course I just called you, but it's like, I understand where you're coming from. If, you know, Swatch and Omega release something all of a sudden and everybody's talking about it and you've got a big ass, you know, social media presence in the watch world, I could see you wanting to just jump on and do a 15, 20 minute thing, you know, cause at the same time, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have your, your stuff out there, you know, like quickly in a situation like that right know? and it so i was planning on doing a, a video on my youtube about the swatch release and then it was like it came and gone and like i just didn't have time like my work has been absolutely crazy um and it's finally kind of stabilizing out where i have time to work on the creative side of my my life and you know with the wedding right around the corner which we keep referencing which it is coming we're three weeks away from today Mm -hmm. um i just i was like oh kind of kind of late to to the table now with this and plus i wanted to like experience the watch before right. we like, kind of went into it before i went into it it was more or less it was more going to be like a psa about like some of the things i was reading and hearing and uh, just i had like a lot of, a lot of momentum when i was ready to do it and i just didn't have the time and now right. it's like it's kind of the air has been let out, out of the balloon so i'm going to do something with it eventually i think i'm gonna team up with uh someone to 
I've had a few people kind of reach out that want to do some things about it. So I was just like, mm-hmm. all right, let's like wait till we we can get like the, the pieces together, and then then we can we can do like a real legit thing about it. But right, I mean, we will be discussing this a little bit more in this episode because today, before we started recording, I had asked some of our followers to send some questions in, and one of them mentioned the swatch. So we will be getting back to that. Nice. Um, speaking of that, do you want to just dive right into some of these questions? We yeah, have? yeah. I don't know anything sure. about them too. That's exactly. that's kind of what's cool. Yeah, what hit me. I I've looked at it once, so I know just to make sure there were some questions. Uh, someone left a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll start with the first one I got. So the first one I got was from Purdy three zero two, um, on Instagram, and he said spring summer bond looks so we can dive into this like Mm -hmm. what what for you is going to be like a quintessential this summer uh well i mean what goes without saying the sunspot polo right forever you know and i won't even get into that because that i think that should just be at the top of the list kind of like a like a addendum just bang Make sure it's, you have it. It's a staple. I mean, it's, it's a staple it's and a it's staple way piece. too well priced and it's just incredible and it's very easy to get. Never seems to be out of stock. They have sales on them sometimes. It comes in a hundred colors. Um, you know, no brainer. Um, you know, I just did a YouTube video about about some looks kind of centered around a, a barber windbreaker I have. And uh, I'll be my own critic. Not my best video. they're not all gonna be home runs they're not they're not all home runs sometimes you gotta hit singles yeah yeah but uh you know i would say um you know and i'll try to keep the short and sweet i gravitate towards all of his uh cold weather wear more so like i've got a lot of jackets i've got a lot of sweaters a lot of long sleeve stuff so I would say, aside from the Sunspell Polo, and the Rag and Bone is something you can wear in the spring for sure. Um, and, of course, you know, there's Tom Ford Polos. There's, you know, the uh, um, Enjoying Death long sleeve you can get buttoned down from Royale Filmwear along with the Madagascar shirt, things like that. I would say just kind of focus on the brands themselves. I would say explore the brands, explore NPO, Sunspell, or Lamar Brown. They're bond brands. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bond thing. And then just kind of see what they have to offer for spring and summer. Because especially as of late, I think most of Daniel Craig's best looks are either suits or cold weather stuff. Or or maybe not even that, but it's like a lot of people really like a lot of the stuff from Quantum. Well, in Quantum, he's in a lot of hot climates. Exactly, but he's still layered. So, you know, if you're really looking for a spring summer look, I would just gravitate towards those, those main four or five brands and, and just pick out something you like. That's what I would say. That's solid. I mean, my go-to right now from, from screen worn stuff is the RGT and I live in Vegas. So, I mean, I really feel like that's a pretty versatile jacket. I tend Mm -hmm. to like it more in hot weather because it's a wax canvas and it's more of like, I don't know. Like it, it just, it's not as stifling as something that's lined because it's right. unlined. I mean, granted it will get hot and I got to take it off, but I do, I do wear it a lot in Vegas cause it's dry heat versus like more of like a, you know, humidity kind mm-hmm. of like wet heat. 
like we get in like the southern areas of the country. Right. But I, I, I think it's a great evening jacket. I like wearing that. Uh my Tommy Bahama uh yes. Catalina twelve shirt. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I have quite a few of those. Um another good one is which we haven't talked about is, is the rag and bone henley, which I have that in a few colors. So yep. I've been I've been utilizing that a little bit. That I mean for the screen worn stuff, again, you're you're running into that challenge of like, you know, this is a layered piece, but I really like to put my own things together. So typically I'll wear like a Sunspell t-shirt, which not the one from Casino Royale. Like I have other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I normally wear this black one I have underneath the RGT jacket. So like that's like one of my go-tos. And then I'll wear it with like gray jeans. Yeah. Um there's just like a few different things you can do. Like when we were at Billy Reed during the bachelor trip, I ended up buying a pair of trousers from them and they just got here. I haven't even worn them yet. Like I got them. I have even taken the tag off because I just haven't had time, but I think I'm actually going to wear them out tonight. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. Like you said, with brands that bond is more in movie in the movies, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the exact look like it. Some, I just like to explore and find different things from these mm-hmm. brands. You know, th- there's a reason why they cost what they cost and they make things. And I think, I think it is harder for, for people to spend money on something that's not screen accurate because there's that little attachment to, well, this is worn by bond. So right. it makes it worth that little bit extra. And I mean, I don't really experience that because for me, it's, I've been buying high end clothing for a while. So I know what it is. It's just I like to buy things I know are going to get heavy use. Yeah. I feel like when I buy some Bond screen worn items, some of them, I'm kind of like, how much am I really going to wear this? Or am I buying mm-hmm. it because it's in the movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, I never went for the Massimino Alba, uh, Massimo Alba trench coat because I was like, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna fucking wear that thing. Right. And there was a point where I was like, should I get it? And then I was like, no, I'm not wearing it. Like, I'm just not going to wear it. And I think it looks better on slender people than it does on more built people like myself. So mm-hmm. uh, there's like that, that inner, you know, conflict that you, you go through when you see a piece and you're like, well, mm, I don't think so. Right. So I don't know. Where are your thoughts on that? I agree completely. Very, very well said. And, and my thing too is, um, you know, when it comes to you and I, David, Kyle, you know, people that we, we associate with, it's like most of, most of these people have a lot of stuff from these brands that have nothing to do with bond. But at the end of the day, if you and I meet up somewhere and I'm like, that's an awesome shirt. Where'd you get it? Like, Oh, it's N peel. Like I I immediately think bond doesn't, doesn't mean just because Daniel Craig didn't have it on. Doesn't mean it's not, it's not bond still, you know, it's still the brand. And, and like even going back to David's episode this week, these brands, just because they're high-end brands and their stuff is expensive, doesn't mean they don't still need need some love, you know? So I, I agree completely. Just go into these stores, check out what they have. Um, you know, I just, the whole time we've been talking about this, I just keep thinking about the La can scene. So he's got the mattress suede jacket on. I mean, he's in a hot, hot climate. He's got the mattress suede jacket on, the Tom Ford polo. Then he gets inside, and then he's just wearing the polo. But, okay, spring, sure, but, you know, Purdy also said summer. So you get to summertime, and you don't really want to be wearing chinos. But 
doesn't mean that these brands don't offer like a more and you don't have to even go to shorts. I mean, of course, Orla Bar Brown's got all kinds of shorts, but you know, if you still want to look bondish, try to find like a linen pair of trousers through Sunspell or Billy Reader. You know what I mean? Like there's a just I, I can't stress it. Just explore the brands. That's my that's my thing. Yeah, and it doesn't have to stop there. Like there are <laughs> there are other brands out there that aren't bond brands that I think are worth a look. Um right off the rip here, what what's one that comes to your mind that that you think of that's not associated with bond that you enjoy so a non-bond brand non-bond brand scotch and soda or um I, yeah scotch and soda or yeah. or you know and even like a brand like all saints where we've seen something but it's not you know what i mean like it's a bond brand because he's worn it but like it's not a billy reed or a well i mean even billy reed we haven't seen much you know we'll say more it's not like your npo your sunspell you know so but i'd say scotch and soda which you actually turned me on to um yeah that's that's that's, that's 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 a big one like a ted baker makes nice stuff you know all tends, ted baker tends to be a little trendy for my taste i'll be honest like i i like to go like previous line ted baker like i've yeah. never actually gone into ted baker and bought something all like look online you know your mr porter type sites where it's like right. last year's or the year before and that's the kind of stuff i because i don't disagree with you with that at all yeah they are but... a little trendy and john barbados is a little trendy for me too and that's that's the thing with them it's like i really have to sift through John Barbados to see what of his stuff I like. That's that's like a dime a dozen for me too. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I love my suede racer jacket I got from Spectre. I wear that thing all the time. It's such a great jacket. I will say, I do, I I do struggle with wearing suede because I just hate the amount of care that has to go into it. It's just not my bag, but it is. A, I just love it. There's so many things about it that are totally what I'm about. But uh, a brand I, I like to wear in the summer uh, is James Purse. Have you heard of them? No, I don't think so. Who's Which, which one's that? James, James Purse uh, does casual wear, uh, and they do some, like, elevated pieces. But uh, I used to sell that when I worked at Barney's New York. So I became really familiar with, to me, they make a good alternative Sunspell shirt. So if you're looking for something casual to throw on, like or like a, like a cotton polo, I tend to lean towards them. Um, another brand I like is, uh, Montclair. Have you ever heard of Montclair? Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. Great. Brand. Yeah. Great brand. Um, also Tom Brown, another great brand that is very, uh, I think they tend to lean a little bit more trendy, but I do like that. They keep it somewhat traditional in their styles, but they are kind of loud. Yeah, that that one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and the the thing with the John Barbados thing too is that the suede racer jacket is incredible, you know. And that's that's where it's like you see something like that, and this is from personal experience. You see that, and you're like, wow, like I wonder what else they have similar. And then that's where I kind of personally, I'm kind of like, ah, uh, you know, this isn't really hitting the spot. But it's like you don't know these things unless you look. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, you have to, you see these brands on screen or then you start finding brands similar. And then another thing too, to kind of piggyback off this, 
is when you start looking up these brands, Orlebar Brown in particular is one, Billy Reed, then it kind of starts pointing you in the directions of the stores that carry these brands, your Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's. Then just start poking around those too, because it's all kind of the same stuff, but just a lot of different brands. And then there's a little bit of diversity in there. You know what I mean? So it's just wide open with what you can find and where. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, great question. I mean, I'm, I don't think we've ever really gone through looks before, like for a certain season. No, no. I mean, and there we go. 45 minutes later, we're done with question one. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a very good question. All right. We have quite a few in here, so I don't know if we're going to get to all of them, but I'm going to try to like, get to as many people as I can. So uh, the yeah. next question came in from my buddy, uh, DJ Henderson. So he's on Instagram. He's real DJ Henderson. Um, his question was, maybe you guys have done this, but I want to hear you guys discuss Bond sunglasses. So let's get Ooh. into that. That's a good I don't one, think right? We've done that either. Actually, I think I think we have, but it was in passing. I think we just like case about by it. case basis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right off the rip, what's your favorite pair? Ooh. <clears throat> um. Okay, so I really, really like the Tom Ford, and, and I know you are. I know a lot about them, but when it comes to the names, you're definitely way more well versed. Sure. But I believe they're the – God, I'm going to get it wrong. Are they the Havanas or how would you call them? The ones from the end of – towards the end of Spectre when he's wearing like the blazer. Oh, the, the Henrys. The Henrys, those. Those are incredible. And then I really like pretty much everything he wears in No Time to Die. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're solid. Uh, so my favorite pairs uh, – it's hard to pick one if I had to like say I had to like throw away all my sunglasses and I can only keep one. I mean, it'd have to be it have to be the the Barton Pereira Joes. Right. They're just those sunglasses. I know they come with a hefty price tag, but they're incredible. Like they're they feel well made, they wear really comfortably, and they just look killer. So it just for me, it ticks off every single box. I mean, granted, like there is the branding on there, like which uh, I'll probably get another pair that. I'll yeah. Get. But that is my go to. Like when I when I'm going for that, like, ooh, I want to look really good. That's the pair I'm like reaching for, like because they just I don't know. They fit my face really well. They're comfortable. They're like my dailies. The only thing that is difficult with them is the lenses are so dark, like the transition from light to dark, like. I when I drive to work, I park in a parking garage. So when I go from outside right. into the garage, I have to take them off because it's just they're so dark, which is a good thing. Like if I was out at a pool, like I think they'd be perfect. But when I go into a like dimly lit area, like it's like I have to take them off. I can't even see. So I mean, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. But I, I think that's them. just a sign of a of a really good lens. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, and that's definitely probably what it is. And what do you think thing, of the Snowdens? Snowdens are good. I just, they don't fit my face that great. And I have had the ones that were in the movie, same size. And Tom Ford, like two years later, released a, a size that was a little bigger. And still, like they just, like even the bigger size, they still flare out a little bit. It's like, God, it's like this sunglass needs to be a little wider. Like they are very, like if you have a slender face, they're going to work well on you. But even when Daniel Craig wears them in the film, you can see 
the arms of the sunglass like bowing out just a little bit. Yes. You know? Yes. So I'm just like, nay on fit quality. I would say, you know, it's what you get from Tom Ford and Lazotica. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, I love the look, the profile. Don't get me wrong. I love it, but I, there are some detractors there, but yeah. it is a great looking sunglass. And then but, there was the whole debate that happened when the movie was coming out of like what color it really was, which was like, it's kind of funny now, but back then it was like, you're either team, you know, freaking tortoise shell or team black, you know, like, and it's like, it was funny, but, and then obviously it ended up being the tortoise shell, but, um, I, I've, like I said, great sunglass, just not perfect in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, um. Yeah, I those the varnays that he wears heading towards um, Rami Malek's little base towards the end there are actually I would say my favorite. The edge period, 16, yeah, yes, sixteen thirteen, yeah. yes, yes. So those I actually was lucky enough to snag those in the correct color. Um, I bought them after the it was the Super Bowl where the trailer came out. We saw with him wearing them and. I was like, I'm buying these right now. I don't even give a shit. And yeah. then they stopped making them. And I was like, why would you stop making these? Like, these are the ones they wore in the movie. And I don't know, for whatever reason, they stopped making them. Now they have a different pair that's supposedly supposed to be the ones. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was going to say that was my one B for choices. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, it's either it's either the, the Joes from Barton Pereira or it's the Edge 1613. So I was like, oh, I love those. At first, I wasn't sure I was going to like them, but because they're made out of titanium, I was like, these are a must-have. Like, I got to have these. Yes. And and they're, they wear so light on the face that I was like, okay, like, these are great. And I've gotten used to them. But now, because they're a collector's piece, I'm like, fuck, I don't really want to wear them that much. I've tried them on one time. You know where it was? Was it in my house? Yeah, your house. <laughs> Along with the Snowdens. And, and I'm more of a, like a wired thin frame guy, like, especially like the arms of the sunglasses, mm-hmm. but the Snowden's once I tried them on, I was like, yeah, these are actually pretty damn cool, but, um, you know, not my first choice. Right. Yeah. So there are like a lot of great sunglasses out there. I mean, there are Tom Ford ones. I really enjoy, like, I, I love the Marcos. That was worn in Skyfall. I have I've had those for shit like ten years now, and those like I think they're a little fancier because of the high polish on, on the frame. Mm-hmm. But I do like those. Those are a solid pair. Yeah, that was a good question. That was another good another good one. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we have we have quite a few here. So let's see who. Let's see. Um. Okay. This one's from. From our girl Catlin. Hey girl. Catlin.watches.life. She uh she is on the podcast with the other cat over at uh 10 and 2. So shout mm-hmm. out to them. Her question, she actually asked a few questions, but here's the one that kind of jumps out right at me um in the beginning. And she says, How has the podcast changed your lives? Oh, these are legit questions. I thought like some sort of question like, where is Luke going to sleep for the Grand Prix next year? Oh, my God. <laughs> some shit like that. True story. She probably didn't even listen to that episode. So she doesn't even know. Yeah, that's now true. Now she will. Now she will. Now she will. Ooh. So 
yeah, you go first, guy. How's how oh, the podcast yeah. changed your life? Well, Catlin, you're going to get the most authentic answer possible because I've had zero time to prepare for this. Um, how has it changed? Well, I mean, aside aside from the meeting everybody thing, because I don't even think that's necessarily podcast. I mean, getting a, being able to speak to people in a, in a sense like this has helped a lot. Um, okay, well, you know, one thing, and I know Catlin can relate to this in a sense, is um, – I've actually kind of, uh, you know, as you know, reached out or kind of tried to get like a little side side gig thing for a uh, real estate company and um, here in Michigan. And one of the things um, that I literally put on my cover letter was all this James Bond stuff because for what they were looking for somebody to do, basically help each individual agent promote their own brand. I was like, I've kind of been doing that for the last two years with my bond page. But then it, I found out that they, they also attempted to do a podcast and it wasn't very successful. And I was like, I I've actually been doing one now for also like a year and a half and it's been very successful. We've had a lot of people on, we know how to, to do it quality wise and everything. So I would say in that sense, like I said, Catlin can kind of relate. It's kind of helped me like a little bit throughout career wise, which is strange as hell. Um, and then aside from that, there's all the obvious, just being able to meet people. Susie Banner, we spoke to that watch company Atelier Um, You know, we've, we've, you and I did that episode about uh, that person um, dying from cancer, trying to get, to see the screening you know what i mean just being able to like reach out to a lot of people and interact with a lot of people all over the world i'd say yeah it i mean you covered quite a bit i <laughs> for for me it's it, it it's the camaraderie it's always going to come back to that for me is the like getting on here with you every week when jay can make it when jay can make it it's talking with him um, it's talking with other people in the community. I think it's the keeping the juices flowing as far as like bond and the relevancy in my life at this moment, because I've gone back and listened to a few of our episodes and I've noticed that our styles have kind of like changed as we've gone along and mm-hmm. the way we talk and what we talk about and the way we process information. And I feel like it's gotten better over time, but it's still like that thing of like, we want to make sure we're covering topics and being relevant and keeping our our episodes interesting because again if you get if you become you know kind of stale it's not fun to tune into this shit you know right. so i really enjoy that aspect of it i think i think this is like what we talked about maybe a few episodes ago when we we talked about how it becomes difficult when there's no new content to consume you know from from the movies you know right. other than what you have and i think when we we talk about things we've seen or our opinions or like whatever it is a new item that kind of pops up it helps us kind of go towards something else like it's not just covering that topic it's continuing the conversation on us as fans and like what it is we're focusing on what's going on in our lives that revolve around bond and it it does go dormant i think for some people and i think it's interesting because this is our first time going through it together where we're continually talking about a movie that is now come and gone and we don't know what's going to happen next 
So we will remember like what's going on now, but for me changing my life, I mean, it, it, I get wildly uncomfortable being live on anything, whether it's, you know, camera, Instagram live, like whatever it is. I, but I've gotten more comfortable doing those things Mm -hmm. so that it's not as, um, traumatic <laughs> i guess is right, the word I'll right, use. Right. but but like the podcast helped with that a lot because i remember like i used to get like really tense and you know i'm trying to be you know somewhat loose and comfortable in here but like i don't want to say anything too crazy you know like i'm not trying to get canceled but i <laughs> just i mean it's a thing these days i mean i'm not yes, i'm not trying to is. shit or on anyone or create any riff or, or or negativity it's just that's it's a thing like you know people get offended and you know, whether it's from a place of innocence or not, like it doesn't matter nowadays. It feels like, you know, so I think it's helped me kind of like refine uh, my process of like when I'm speaking on a platform that it's, you know, it's, on, you know, it's on topic, it's on cuff. Like it, it's, it's basically what it needs to be. And it's, it, I leave the bullshit at the door, you know? Yeah. So I do like that aspect. And then obviously like us getting to know each other better through doing this. I mean, we talk out of here all outside of the podcast all the time, but it's nice to kind of share some of these things with, with people. And it's funny, like when, 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 when I'll talk to someone who listens to our podcast for the first time, they'll bring up things from our episode and I'm like, Oh wow. Like, like, you know, I'll remember it, but it's, it's cool to kind of get someone like that's excited about a story we told or, um wants our perspective on something because it really just drives the conversation i feel like and it feels like what we're doing here has purpose which is always my favorite part of creating is what's the purpose that's the bottom line when i get to the the end of it is like why am i doing this right you know so it's kind of my hot take on that yeah good question catlin oh she's got more we love you (laughs) Oh, question number she's, two. She's got another question for us. She question, Catlin okay. this, this This one's another good one. Uh, if you could be James Bond for one hour, what would you do? Oh, God. Jesus, God, right? There's so many so many options here. Oh, my God. I I don't even know if I can answer that. I mean, an hour, <laughs> a day would be, a day would be easier to answer. An hour for an hour. I mean, it depends on where you are in the world and stuff. I don't know. I mean, this one might hour. Be... This is a hard question, but okay. Like, you know what? I know what, really it I know what it this. is. I know what it is. Okay. And I'm going to have to do this really fast. Sure. You have this one minute is... to answer one hour. Go yeah. <laughs> I, so I would, first thing I would do is I was, ex- I would explore his home. I would just look at every piece of clothing, every watch, every, the way he's got everything, the way he lives what alcohol he has, how he stores it, what he eats, what's in his fridge. You know what I mean? Like the most in-depth look at this man possible. And then from there, I would just go out in the world and and just try to like, I don't know, eat like him. Like like an hour, dude. I was going to say travel like him. Where am I going to go? I, I don't know. Like I would ex- – okay, here. I'll shorten it all up. I would mm-hmm. explore the shit out of his house, and then I would explore the shit out of his garage. And then that's it. So I just see what he's got in his garage, what kind of stuff he's got. Bollinger boxes, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would look at the Rack cars. Suits. <laughs> yeah, suits, Bollinger boxes, and an RGT. I would look at the. I would just, you know, I, Bond's apartment, right? Bond's apartment. Bond's closet. <laughs> yeah, as David says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to get that little little dig in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so okay for me it's uh i would literally want to spend time in jamaica and, and, and not just spend time in jamaica i mean i want to spend time like bond spends time like i want the yacht thing i want to go out fishing you know i want to come back i want to just kind of like live off the land type situation like right i want to really feel like i'm immersing myself shower into, outside yeah like 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 the real fleming bond experience you know what fleming had put into his books from what i understand because i've never read them still mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whenever i get free time i keep saying i'm gonna do it like when i go on an actual vacation that's not a bond trip with us or you know going on a baseball trip like i want to go on like a true vacation to a tropical Just try place. it on your honeymoon like when you're yeah, sitting by you the know, beach bring a book yeah i think that's when i'm gonna do it because i think that'd be a cool time to start so yeah. um but yeah that's that's what i would want to do like all the clothing and all the bullshit like yeah like it's great but i want to feel like i want to put myself in what Fleming was trying to write on the pages yeah. you know of bonds like that being his you know home away from home so um and you know i've never been to jamaica i don't know about you buddy but uh no nope. it's definitely not high on my list to experience yeah yeah i never have either and insane insane i think we kind of answered that question similarly but differently at the same time like yeah. it's all just goes back to finding out the roots of this character in some way okay so she asked more, but uh, this will be her last question. I asked, <laughs> what characteristics do you think are key for the new Bond character to be successful? I oh, for the new Bond actor? Yeah. <sighs> um, I think I think right off the rip, make it your own. Like, don't try to be one of the previous guys. Just do your own thing. Yeah, like, I think that's my. If I was to give him one piece of advice, it's like, dude, just own it in your own way. Yeah, be you. Look at us. Look at I, us. I feel like if you try to do what Daniel did, like people are like, oh, you know, like Daniel Craig was better than Craig. this book. Was better than this book. You know, like, yeah. I can just imagine Jake saying, like, I don't like him. I'm done a lot. Yeah, I, I don't I like mean, him. I agree with that. I just think he needs, uh, I don't know. Um, is is as hypocritical as this is because I also have not read the books except for one, Casino Royale. But um, I would I would say just read the books and find out as much about Fleming and as much about Bond as you possibly can. I mean, even just reading, and this is where I like Timothy Dalton's portrayal as well as Daniel Craig is like reading Casino Royale. It's way darker than the film. And, and that is one of the darker films, per se. And it's just like, you know, of course, every actor did a great job. Every actor had their shtick, right? But it's like, this. there's a lot to this character. It's a very complex character. So just try to understand it as best as you can and interpret it that way. Don't be like, oh, he was he was like dark and brooding. So I'm gonna try to do like a Daniel Craig thing. But just because you know he got that from the books, he didn't do it because he was like, I want to do the opposite of Pierce Brosnan. You know, what I mean, it didn't have anything to do with Pierce Brosnan how Daniel Craig did it. So I would do the same thing: read the books and uh, just everybody. Like like we've said multiple times in this episode, everything's up for interpretation. Everybody interprets it different. Read the books, 
And however you feel this character should be, do it that way. And that's it. I think I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Like pretty much like you just like be like you said, like be yourself. Like 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 take it on from your angle and don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Like I am reserving judgment, regardless of when we find out who it is. I I literally will not make a judgment. Like I'm sure I'll have initial feelings about it, but I'm not gonna make a full judgment until I see what they put on the screen, you know? Like it's just like until they can show what they can do, it's like why why make their job any more difficult than it needs to be? Right. You know? Um, good question. So uh we got another question from uh Chris uh Griner. So his handle is Chris underscore Griner. Griner, I think. Is it Griner or Griner? I think it's Griner. Think we'll it's have Griner. to ask him. I know who you're talking about though. Okay. Griner, Griner, we'll figure it out. Grenier. Grenier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew you liked that little hold there at the end. <laughs> okay. So his question is Daniel Craig became so influential with Bond styling. Do you think the sartorial aspects will get better or worse without Daniel Craig for future Bond films? Ooh. This, this is a good one. It is a good one because that was, I would say, fear number one or two after walking out of no time to die was you know especially having that be my only film once i joined this community you know and thinking like wow like i missed out on so much stuff you know what i mean and and i didn't start really buying his sartorias until no time to die i mean yeah i had like sunspell polo and whatever else but no time to die is like the overwhelming closet film for me you know what i mean with what's in my wardrobe um so yeah that was a huge fear and it's because i think it's such a key piece to that character and daniel craig you know i mean even even like doing these things i'm doing with david and matt spazer and kyle and those those uh kind of happy hour style talks. I'm like, all right, what do I wear for this one? What do I, and, and I don't think, I think he's going to, Dave is going to have me do the Craig ones and then move on to a different set of people for each actor. But I'll go to James Bond lifestyle and I'll start poking around at what they've got on there for Brosnan stuff. And it's like scarce compared to the Craig stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, it it hasn't always been this like sartorial boom of shit you can buy. And I would hope that it just continues to be more and more. But the fact that it hasn't always been that way does kind of scare me. And I'm like, Whoa. is it just because Daniel Craig's so heavy handed? But I, I, I doubt they would go the opposite direction. I would expect them to continue out with that. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a lack of, of them wanting to put the knowledge out there i think it was just the lack of how information was being transmitted during that era right which is a good point yeah i mean in 95 people were just like figuring out the internet and stuff now we have like social media platforms and people track daniel craig what he wears every single day right shout out to what's daniel wearing right <laughs> on instagram right. i mean there's just so many things like that are different now versus when brosnan was kind of in the driver's seat uh i would uh, I don't think I'm nervous. I would say I'm, I'm more excited because 
I feel like this creates an opportunity to take a different person and let them put their kind of twist on it. Obviously, like we're going to see the return of some brands, but I think we're going to see the departure of others that we're familiar with. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tom Ford go away. Mm -hmm. And personally, I love Tom Ford. Tom Ford is always going to be one of my favorite brands. And I, you know, continue to wear Tom Ford, even if it's not being worn by Vaughn. But I would I be disappointed if they went to like, you know, back to Brioni or something of that nature? No, of course not. Because again, you build your own relationship with these brands outside of Bond, and then that love either continues or or stops. You know, I want to have an identity outside of Bond brands. You know, I think that's that's something that I I really strive for because it's. Yes, it's a great way to discover brands, but ultimately I want to believe in the brands I'm wearing and I want to feel something for them. And it kind of just rolls back. Like I'll use the example of the Rolex with me. When I put that watch on, it means absolutely nothing to me. It, mm-hmm. it, and it's so sad to say that. I know what it is. I know it's iconic. I know it's very sought after. I know, you know, I know people desire to have that watch. It was worn by Sean, but like to me, it's like, it's not the same one he wore. Like there's mm-hmm. so many design note differences in the new sub versus the old one. Like it's just like it's just like a it's just like a a shadow of what the thing was that he wore. Right. And then like the definingness of a brand, like one of the biggest things for me is, is like when I wear a brand, I like to understand what they're about before I like commit. Mm-hmm. I'll buy things from from random places, but it's just like if I'm gonna like associate myself with that and wear that brand consistently and invest money into into their products i need to be romanced by them and i've said this before and i'll say it again but with the rolex i just don't i don't feel that like i put it on and i'm like it's a gorgeous watch like i have nothing bad to say about the design of rolex's watches or the quality i think it's the stigma that turns me off and Mm -hmm. the fact that i can't walk into a boutique and create that romantic experience with them like walking in and seeing nothing in the cases, it's just it's just a huge turnoff. Oh yeah, like, it really is to me. I mean, kudos to those people that have parents that had Rolexes and they pass them down. So there's a you know they've created a relationship that way. But if you're trying to get into a brand you have no no ties to, it's it's very hard. I mean, I don't know. Like, where are you at on that? Uh, I'm I'm basically right there with you. I um. You know, and and as far as the kind of the question goes, it's like Tom Ford was a good example because, you know, I've noticed a lot lately with Omega is really branching out with who their ambassadors are, Andrew Mm -hmm. Garfield now and Justin Hartley and, you know, all kinds of people. And Tom Ford does the same thing. And, you know, they'll work with people and then next thing you know, they'll just be like, hey, I'm doing a photo shoot. You want to be in it? Blah, blah, blah. And then. Got Eddie Redmayne, or you know whoever, and the chances of the new actor, especially if it's somebody with some sort of clout behind them, Henry Cavill, you know, um, Richard Madden, somebody like that, I'm sure Tom Ford would be thrilled to work with them because they, you know, they're they're not very nitpicky. They like they like working with with big Hollywood actors, but then then you go back to the character and it's supposed to be like a Savile Row thing. And then you're like, well, what's the angle now? Is it still the same thing? Or would you like to do a Savile Row 
company? Would you, you know, are we going to see more Turnbull and Asser stuff again? You know what I mean? It's just kind of like it, it, it's so dependent on what the angle is, you know, and, and I think a lot of it had to do with how heavy handed Daniel Craig was with a lot of this stuff. And like a brand I think we won't see is Brunello Cuccinelli because that is something Daniel Craig wears a lot. So I think we won't see a whole lot of him anymore. Uh, maybe some Billy Reed, you know, things like that. So it's difficult. You know, it's like he introduced a lot of great brands. And, um, you know, and then there's just the costume designers that introduced brands like RGT and things like that. But I don't know, man. I mean, I think I think it really just depends on who the actor is. Yeah, I I really think I really think that plays a factor into it. And then there's also the thing that a lot of people um, I feel not a lot of people. I feel like if someone like Henry Cavill were to be cast as Bond, you're looking at a completely different like style body type and, and, and way clothes fit. And I feel like some of the more slender people will complain. Mm-hmm. or big old, bigger people will be happy so it's like there's always going to be that factor of like you can't make everyone happy right like i know like the same thing with the watches like people with more petite wrists don't like the bond watches because they're a little bit bigger you know so they're harder to wear and it just you know that's just kind of the nature of the beast unfortunately you know it sucks but i mean you just gotta make do with what you can and that's why i said like it's better to create your own thing off of these brands rather than try to be exactly what bond's wearing you know i've got i've got a side question for you sure hit me so say they cast a complete unknown mm-hmm. and like and when i say complete unknown i mean like yes very very talented but like, I mean, even at this point, Richard Madden is not, like, the most famous guy in the world. But even less than Richard Madden. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, done one or two big things. You know, like, they, I know there's that name that keeps circling around. He was in, like, um, Dunkirk or whatever. Like, that guy. So, say they cast somebody who's got, like, ten credits to their name and only one or two are, like, really a thing. Do you think a brand like Tom Ford would look at him and think, I don't know who that is and we're not going to get the same exposure? Or do you would do you think they would be like, let's turn this guy into a fashion icon? Which one do you think a brand or something like Tom Ford would would say? Would they rather hands off, like I don't really know the guy, don't don't care to? And not like in a Tom Ford like snooty way, like I'm saying in like a, you know, we just dress Daniel Craig in some of the most beautiful suits ever. Don't really know who this guy is. Don't really want to spend the money on it. Sorry. Or do they say, let's, let's show just how badass bond is. And we'll, we'll make this unknown actor. One of the most stylish men on the planet. So I'll start with this. Let's be clear. These brands that are involved with bond they get the opportunity to dress bond. Right. Everything is going to be controlled by Eon. So right. Eon's going to make that decision first. They're going to reach out to whoever it is they want to work with. They're going to say, Hey, we need this, this, or this. And then the brand will come back to them and either say, uh, we're not interested. We're interested, whatever. Um, but it's more of like an invite rather than, uh, Hey, we're dressing bond. So I would feel like there's nothing's nothing is guaranteed. And I feel like there is like a procedure to how these things are handled. Like, right. I mean, 
I'll use an example from No Time to Die. So we all know that Massimo Alba was like not doing anything official with the with Bond because they had them take the images down, the watercolor images of Bond in them, and just have the suits and stuff. Because mm-hmm. like like you and me know, if you're going to announce that hey we're a Bond brand, you have to pay royalties to them, you know, to use you know images or stills or whatever have you from the movie and i think that's where the separation and collecting happens also because i mean the connolly jacket if you get the connolly without the logo before it was you know they were deemed a 007 brand like that's the item he wore on screen but then you get one after and then there's that little 007 tag in there which it's the same item essentially but now you have a branding there that they're paying royalties to eon which i mean granted they're allowed to do that you know not saying this is a negative thing i'm just saying it as this is the nature of the beast but as far as tom ford goes i don't think they're really going to turn down the opportunity to dress james bond regardless of who it is i think it's going to be more or less is it fit in with this person's style or direction of the character or whatnot you know so a lot of that's going to be determined by eon before it even gets in tom tom ford's lap you know to kind of make that decision you know Right. I think I think Tom Ford looks great on just about anyone. I mean, it's amazing what you can do with a tailor and some scissors, you know? <laughs> some scissors. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go. To, let's jump on to the next one then. All right, so this will be the last question. Okay. So the last question is, this is from my buddy Matt that lives in Atlanta. His, his, uh, his handle is Matt is cool with a K. <laughs> and... Uh, let's see. His question is moon swatch, of course, meaning like he wants us to discuss it. So this yeah. is probably a good one to kind of end on. Um, okay. Where are you at with this one guy? Uh, I think it's a no brainer. I think, I think everybody should, any Omega fan should buy it. And it's simply for two reasons. The price point is unbeatable. Three reasons. Price points unbeatable. Number one, number two, it is very unique, and I can't remember anything like this ever being done, where a huge luxury brand partners with somebody to make sure that everybody can own something like this, which is, I think, incredible. And number three, I would say, um, you know, to have a version of the Moonwatch is, you know and you've said it, the dimensions and everything, there's a lot of similarities there. Of course, the materials and all the things that make it normally incredibly expensive are different, but you know, it's, it's still a good looking piece. It comes in a lot of different colors. You can get kind of creative with it. I don't see why, you know, if it were a grand, it'd be a different story But for 260 270, whatever it is. I say you should have one. Yeah. I mean, you covered a lot of points that I, I would bring up. Uh, I think like some of the things I've read are people are like, this is damaging to the brand. So mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm gonna cover this one real quick. I left that one for you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Cause I have so much to say about it. I know you do. I just like, I love people that I'm going to put myself on mute and sit right back. here. <laughs> <laughs> so basically I have gotten a lot of comments. I mean, from people that follow me, from people that don't follow me, you know, it's just kind of, it's been all over the place, but 
I have seen some consistencies in complaints. So I won't talk about the good stuff. I want to talk about the negative stuff because this is how I roll. So the first thing I hear is this is damaging to Omega's brand. How could they do this? This is detracting from what they are. First of all, if that's your your takeaway from this, then you are very like you you're looking through a microscope at, at, at this whole thing. This is a collaboration between two brands that are connected. They are they're sister brands. Uh, Swatch Group is way larger than than Omega. They own Omega. Um, so that's the first little tidbit right there. Like this is not like Omega has like gone out and like sought sought someone out just to make a cheap watch. Like this is a collaboration between two two sister brands to bring something out that is fun and different and first of its kind. And I think that there's like way too much stock being put into, well, this damages Omega. No, it really doesn't. If anything, it creates awareness and inclusion for, for people that either A, can't afford a Moonwatch yet or can't, you know, or just won't, don't have the desire to spend that much on that kind of, you know, model. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest thing with that is, is like, I wish there was something like this when I was a kid because it would have been like an experience for me to kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is how it fits. This is what great point. It's what great. I never is. even thought of that. That's a great point. Yeah. We always talk about like toys and the bond movies, you know, like to create, like, you know, energize people to, to want to be a part of it. Well, it's kind of hard to energize someone to spend $7,000 on a watch, you know, right. You know, for the first time, like it, it, there's nothing palatable about that from, from any perspective. Right. You know, so everyone's talking about how this damages the image of them. And for, let's be clear. There's nothing damaging about people being excited about your name being on a product. Mm-hmm. Like any press is good press, whether it's negative or positive. Like it, 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 it there is some sort of reaction that's going to come out of it. There's some sort of awareness. In this case, I think it's a positive reaction. I don't think it was handled the way it should have been handled the release, which is the next piece I was going to get into. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone really knew that this was going to happen. I, for one, sure as hell did not expect this was going to happen because yeah. I was like planning on, oh, sweet, they're going to release it at eight in the morning, like on a Friday. I was like, I knew I had to work that morning at nine. I was like, I'll just cruise in there, I'll grab a coffee, I'll wait in line if there's a little line. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, like, this is going to be wham, bam, out of there, no problem. You know, I can get two pieces, perfect. And then the hype train came. And it was like, I'll, I'll be honest. I went that night before and I looked and I saw the line. And I was like, well, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not waiting in this line. This is ridiculous. It's not even a limited edition piece, which they did tell everyone way before they waited in these lines, like they're going to make more. So why is it that everyone is still hype over this? Right. Like, like I, I, I still don't understand that. And well, look what they're selling for on eBay. I'm like, Seriously, are you going to pay that much for it? If you're not, then who gives a shit? I can put up my used underwear for like 60000 And, uh, you know, if, <laughs> if if someone buys it, that'd be really weird. But so what? Like, you can list anything. If someone's dumb enough to pay it, then whatever. I don't believe any of that. If right. anyone paid more than a 1000 bucks for one of these, I don't believe it. I think it's bullshit. Right. I mean, you if know. you do, you're just an idiot. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, I wouldn't even pay overmark for this because they said they're going to release more. So what's the point? You know, like, like who? Like, yeah. What? I mean, when when you were when you and I were talking the other day, and you talked about getting yours, the two that you got, 
And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know, this, this guy is one of my best friends. I could easily ask him, Hey, next time you're down there, take a run in there, see if you can snag me one. And you'd be like, absolutely. But I was like, you know what? Just like you said, they're going to make more. I'll be able to buy them on the internet. I'm coming to Vegas in three weeks. Yeah. What better thing to do than to just walk in there with Brianne and see if I can get one. And if not, whatever. I'll wait until it's online. It's like I, there's no rush whatsoever for it. Whatsoever. You know, yeah. and that's and that's I think that is is like making making like some haters, you know, uh like you know, rear their ugly heads type of thing. Like they couldn't get their hands on one and now they're shitting on them because of like a jealousy thing. But it's like the people who did get their hands on one in the sense of went and waited in line, like more power to you. But like once you and I spoke and then I, you know, I went to Hodinkee and I saw that even they were like, we've already heard this is a full thing. And then Swatch release, like it's not limited release. Like everyone will be able to get their hands on one. I was like, then me driving four hours to Toronto to sit out in the cold just sounds stupid, you know? So it's, it's like, I don't know, but I think the best thing you brought up was the thing about being a kid, you know, because you, you know, of all people, my Omega story with, with wanting one since I was about eight years old, washing my dad's car, my mom's car and cutting the lawn and all this shit. And then my dad went and bought me like a fossil so I could have a watch. Like if this was around back then, and it was probably probably would have been 150 20 years ago. This would have been the coolest thing ever, you know? Yeah, and then there's you know there's the whole aspect of like, and this this will be like the last part I need to really get into, but it it's the value factor, and so I can't remember, I can't remember who it was that I had this conversation with, and this was like literally like maybe like four days ago. And this guy messaged me on Instagram and he basically was like talking about how like damaging this was to the brand and how like it's not fair for the people that bought the real moon watch and all this stuff. And my first thing is like, like my, I, in my first sentence was like, you know, like, is that why you bought one of these? Is, is this the purpose behind owning an Omega for you? Like, because of, what it says about you as a person like right. because you spent this much money on it and this is the value of it and you know his response was was like no but you know like i hate that like the specter watch and, and and the value of it you know like they charge so much because it's just a bond watch you know uh, and so i i told him i was like look i don't want to offend you but can I give you some facts and, and may, it might change your opinion. And so like, you know, I started with the specter watch and, and the reality is, is everyone wants to say this bond tax, that shit sends me right to the moon. When anyone mm-hmm. says like, Oh, there's this huge markup because it's a bonding. No, it's not a huge markup, especially with the mega watches. So let's be clear. I will go over this thoroughly right now. So the specter watch <laughs> was $7,500 when it came out in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. And there are really 7,007 pieces of this watch. Okay, so limited edition. So being someone who did not buy it in their initial release and it came and gone, the standard model at that time was selling for $6,800. So a difference of $700, right? Mm-hmm. 
Right. So let's break it down. With the standard model, you get the watch and you get the cards and you get the box and that's it, right? With the Spectre watch, you get it on a bracelet and it comes with a NATO. You get an extra set of spring bars and you get a, a loop, a watch tool, and a custom box, okay, for $700. So just the strap itself. So let's say we're comparing bracelet model to bracelet model. So both have come with a bracelet. If you add the NATO in, that's $260, right? So now mm-hmm. we're down to what, 480 No, 490 right? Yep. Mind. Yep. yep. So yep. 490 is left over. Okay. So now we're talking about a difference of $490 between the two models and you're bitching why like there's no markup here it's right. literally what they charge for this model so and then it's like well it wasn't available well there it was available seven thousand seven pieces were available in this limited edition and i think like they learned with that release you gotta remember all this stuff is like real time for these brands like they do something new and they react to what happens so the no time to die again they released a watch they made it limited production. So they're making as many as they want to make for a limited amount of time. So if you haven't gotten this watch and you miss it, it's your own damn fault. Right. Right there. And I just don't, I, I don't sympathize with people that, that bitch about shit without doing the research. You know, like I, I don't like, I mean, I'll respectfully give you the knowledge you need, but don't run out there and pop off unless you know what you're talking about. And I feel like that happens all the time, all the fucking time. And I said to him, I was just like, look, at the end of the day, I own 12 Omegas. I've spent a lot of money on these watches. I think if anyone should be offended, it's me and I'm not. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if everyone can have an Omega, I want them to have it. I don't care about this like Rolex hype train, like bullshit of look what I have and you can't get it. Like that doesn't do it for me. I wear an Omega for Lorenzo. I don't wear it for anyone else. Right. You know? I mean, if My, anything, it's just shining a light on a brand that should yeah. be even more popular than it is. And I think it's it, it's very common for people to want to buy these things because they want to be noticed versus right. I'm buying this because I want to enjoy it. Like if my watches lost all their value, I wouldn't give a shit. I'm not planning on selling them anyway. Right. You know. I mean, so, my, my thing is, and I know you know this too, because it's happened to you way more than it's happened to me. When somebody notices my watch, you immediately know they know about watches. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing too, like I went to a wedding a few years ago before I even had my Omega and I was sitting at this table and right next to me, this guy had a moon watch on and he took it off. He let me try it on and he was talking about it. And he told me when he got it and why he got it, and where, and the whole story behind it. There always seems to be a story, you know, and, and that's to me a little more individual than a Rolex thing. Seems a little more Omega seems to have more stories involved than, than someone buying a Rolex. And, um, you know, it's just like if I if I'm somewhere and I see an Omega. And it's just, and it's a moon watch, I'm not going to immediately think. It's the swatch, I'm just going to think it's some form of moon watch. And if it's the moon swatch, I'll be like, oh, how'd you get it? And, he, and chances are this guy's going to be like, well. You know, I've, I've got a Seamaster at home, and then I heard they were doing this, and I thought that was cool as shit, and I went out and I bought one. I bought my son one, and, uh, you know, he wanted the blue one, so I bought him a blue. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's not going to be like a I – just, I just don't see it being like a like – a, I don't know how to say it, like a cop-out, like weird thing. You know, I, I still 
see it just further luxuriating this brand, if that makes any sense. I it does. I mean, it is what it is. At the end of the day, like people are gonna buy things for different reasons. It's just like just if it if you're buying things for money, then that's that's the game you're gonna play, you know, like you're gonna deal with things increasing in value decreasing in value like that's just the up and down so like to me it's like are you are you just relying on on the value of it or are you relying on the experience of it so yeah i, I mean, mean and, and and this might be a personal thing for me but i can't tell you i'm 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 a watch guy i've been a watch guy for a long time whenever i go somewhere i i look to see what people have on and i usually can pinpoint what it is i can whether it's a rolex an Omega or a Timex, I can pretty much tell you what it is. And I don't see Swatch ever, like ever, 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 ever. So now if I do, and it happens to be the Speedmaster, I'm like, you're not going to hear me bitch about it, you know? Right. So. Well, I think we've covered that one pretty good. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this up. Wrap her up. That was, that was good, though. A lot of good questions. Yeah, I mean, I think we should do this again I, I i enjoyed it i mean maybe this time we'll give people more time because it was kind of like i did it two hours before we recorded yeah so maybe what we'll do is is like the day before we'll put one up and we'll like spend more time on it because i feel like we i had a few more but i just we didn't have time to get to them um anyway uh guy i hope you have a great weekend and i guess we will be catching everyone next week for another episode of blunt instruments Absolutely. You know it. As long as you got the time, wedding boy. Oh, I always got time for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Anyway, thanks, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll see you next week.